what do you do? If you want to follow Jesus intentionally, there are three tools that God has given you in your life, and I want to be like ultra practical, okay? Sometimes you come to church and you get Bible teaching. You're learning what words mean. You're, you're learning about the history. You're learning some, some really important doctrines, okay? You get teaching. Sometimes you come in here and you get preaching, like you're, you're inspired or you're challenged. I want tonight to be more of the uh, practical application of the Bible, okay? Uh, we had some teaching. We've had some preaching. I just really want to tell you how to do it. I want to help you know, like, well, what do, where do I start? What do I do? It's all about being practical. So here's the three tools. I hope you're taking notes. Uh, it, it will help you to take notes. Three tools God has given you to build your life with intentionally. Number one, and I'm going to walk through all three of these. Number one is your schedule. Is your schedule. That is a plan for your time. Okay, I'm going to get into the schedule. Number two, where we're going to go tonight, is your budget. Your budget. Some of you think that word's a curse word, okay? <laughs> you don't like the word budget. Uh, listen, a budget is a plan for your money. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, right? The third tool that I want to I highlight tonight is your habits. Interesting one, right? This is a plan for your behavior, so tonight we're going to talk about our schedule, our budget, and our habits. These are three tools that you can use intentionally. When I say intentionally, God intentionally designed this world. He, he designed it. He worked for six days. He rested on the seventh day. He thought about how DNA works, how your eye works, how things are made. The same is with your life. God does not want you just to go haphazardly about the things that you do. You have time. You have finances and you have your ability within yourself to manage in a way that is intentional, not haphazard, not accidentally. And if you're wondering, why doesn't my life, why can't I get to the point where I, I want to be in my walk with God? Why can't I get to, the, and this is really practical for any area of your life, it's intentionality. It's purposeful action steps. And so let's talk about the schedule. Let's talk about the schedule. What is a schedule? I'm going to get real simple and practical. A schedule, I want you to think of it as a tool. Now, let's get, uh, how many of you in here use a schedule and you put dates for things you need to do on a calendar? Raise your hand. Okay, most of us already understand this idea of a schedule. It is a tool of time organization. It's a tool for intentional use of your time. See, uh, life is made up of time, right? That's what it is. Every, uh, when we get to the end of our life, it was just time. It was a bunch of time and how we spend it. Have a plan for your time. Uh, each of us has the same amount of time, 24 hours a day. 168 hours a week. We all have Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. The President of the United States has those same amount of hours that you have. The CEO of an organization has the same hours of the day that you have. Pastor Tony has the same hours of the day that you have. Okay? Now, I, through each one of these tools, your schedule, your budget, your habits, I want to give you some scripture to consider before uh, using a schedule or before uh, using a budget. I want, I want to point, to point to scripture and what does the scripture say? James chapter 4 is where we're starting off here. Verse number 13. Uh, Go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow will go into such a city... We'll continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. So you have some people making plans, right? They're saying, hey, uh, we're going to go on this day and we're going to go into this specific city. And he's like citing the fact that they have these concrete plans. Verse 14 says, whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. He's saying, listen, uh, those of you that are making plans, before, before you make plans, consider the fact that you have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. No idea what news you're going to get, wh whether you're going to live through tomorrow or not, 
whether good things are going to happen or bad things are going to happen. You have no idea. Don't, don't, uh, don't be so quick to be so confident. He says, uh, your life is a vapor, appears for a little time, vanishes away. Verse 15, for that ye ought to say, this is what you ought to say when scheduling. If the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. When you are scheduling, you need to consider what is the Lord's will for your schedule. And when you're putting things on the schedule, don't be so confident to say, I am going to do this. You say, if God, if God allows me to do this, if, if God wants me to do this, I will do this thing. Uh, we have to hold kind of an open hand with our, our schedule. We can't be so uh, confident because we don't know. He actually says that in verse 16, but now ye rejoice in your boastings, all such rejoicing is evil. Uh, to, to boast in what you think is going to happen without consideration for what God has to say is in itself evil because we're not considering the Lord's will. Uh, also, consider this verse before you schedule. In Acts 9, chapter, uh, Acts 9 verse 6, uh, Saul, he says this to the Lord. Uh, here's the verse. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? When Saul was converted, he met Jesus. One of the very first things he said is, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Your schedule is a tool to plan. But when you go to schedule, you have to ask the question, God, what do you want on my schedule? It's not my schedule. I had a friend today, uh, he, he came by, stopped by the church, and uh, we were just talking about this subject matter, and he said uh, the, the problem is that we think we're scheduling our time, but we're actually scheduling God's time. It's not our life, we're bought with a price, therefore glorify God in our body and our spirit, which are God's. Our life is, is to be given to the Lord and if our life is made up of hours and days, then that means our schedule is to be given to the Lord. Does that make sense? We, so, so here are three priorities when you get into scheduling. Three priorities. Uh, priority number one when scheduling. Priority number one, God first. Put on that schedule. Pre-plan on that schedule. The things you believe God wants you to do in that week. And the, the whole fact about a schedule, I'm not asking you to react, reactively place things on the schedule because that would be accidentally. Hey, I, I ended up putting this on the schedule because somebody else decided it for me. They told me I should be doing this or they invited me here or I had this appointment. Yes, some appointments need to get on the schedule, but you should be intentionally, proactively putting things on the schedule. Priority number one is God first. Matthew 6, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. What does God want you to do? Here's a, another priority in scheduling. Here's something you've got to consider. No wasting time. No wasting time. You, wait, you know, when you say, ah, oh, what are you doing? I'm just killing some time. Well, you're really just killing your life, okay? You're just wasting your life at that point. Uh, here's something we uh, considered as uh, we talked with our staff here at church, just as a point of conversation. Now, I understand you can't use every single waking moment to be active and busy. You're going you're to hurt yourself. But do you know that if you're, if you're at work, let's say you work an eight-hour day, if you waste 10 minutes an hour, 10 minutes an hour, normal eight-hour workday, by the end of one week, you will have wasted 6.67 hours Almost a full day of work. Do you know that after a full year of work, you will have wasted over eight weeks of work? Ten minutes adds up to a lot. You just have to consider, how much time am I spending on things that don't matter? When you start thinking about your schedule, make sure that you put everything in there that's necessary first before you just allow yourself to have this extra time to waste, because we don't have time to waste. Ephesians 5, 15, see then that you walk circumspectly. Circumspectly means taking careful steps. Walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. How do wise people walk? Redeeming the time 
because the days are evil. Priority God first, no wasting time. Third priority in your schedule is, is this, is to plan time to rest. Plan time to rest. Uh, in God set this example for us on how the rhythms of life work. You know, God rested. Do you think he had to rest? No, no, he doesn't have to rest. He doesn't need, he, he didn't have a body at the time there, and he, he doesn't need to rest. He set an example for us. He says, Exodus 20, verse 8, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, nor thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. The idea here is there ought to be a day that you put on your schedule as a time to rest and time to worship. Uh, There's a few things I just want to point out here as far as teaching. Very practical things that I have learned when it comes to scheduling and your schedule. Someone told me this a long time ago, that God has given you all the time that you need to accomplish his will. You have exactly the amount of time that you need to do exactly what God wants you to do. Sometimes we need to learn to say no. Can we all just practice that word? When I say go, you say no. Okay, ready, set, go. No. No. No is a complete sentence. And some of us don't know how to say no. And so we find ourselves that our schedule fills up with things that we didn't put on there intentionally, that other people are prioritizing for us. And the thing is, uh, you have all the time necessary to do exactly what God wants you to do. Uh, Another thing someone shared with me is that you can do anything, but not everything. Do you know if you want to, you could could definitely learn to play the piano proficiently. Did you know that? You just have to spend the time doing it. You say, I don't have the time. Right? That's our thing. We don't have time. Maybe you're not choosing the time. See, if you wanted to, you could spend your time doing whatever it is you choose to do. But what the truth is, we're not able to do everything. You can do anything you want to, but not everything. So we can do anything. If we want to place God first in our life, if we want to prioritize his priorities, we can. But we're going to have to learn to say no to some things that are of lesser value to us. It may be that we cannot spend as much time with uh, hobbies that we have or other things. So here's uh, what I have come up with as a practical application of must-have calendar items. If you're going to sit down, and today's Wednesday, maybe you take the next few days, and you're going to plan out the next week, okay? Plan a week ahead. Uh, These are some things that you should have on your calendar every week, okay? These are things that should get a block of time before other things get a block of time. Number one, oh, and by the way, uh, have you ever heard this uh, phrase, what gets scheduled gets done? What gets scheduled gets done. The things that we don't do are the things we don't plan to do, right? Uh, we've got to plan. If, you, if you're going to go to the doctor, you better get that appointment on the schedule. All right, here's, here's must-have calendar items. When it talks about, when you think about using this tool that God gives us, our time, with a schedule, number one that you should put on that calendar is time with God. He said, I just can't find time to read my Bible. It's just not working out. I haven't read my Bible for days. I haven't read my Bible for weeks. Oh, I know that's a good thing. Uh, uh, uh. We go through sometimes weeks, months, even years saying, oh, I wish I had consistent Bible reading time. Do you know how you're going to have consistent Bible reading time? Schedule it. You put it on a schedule. Do you know how you show up for work at a certain time? Because your boss gave you a schedule. And you show up at work because you've got to show up at work to get paid. Listen, you've got to take a little bit of control and have some intentionality about your own life and your, your decision to follow Christ to say, I am going to schedule my time with God. You are not ultra spiritual just because you happen to uh, find time with God. Nobody that is a dedicated, um, uh, consistent reader of the Bible does so just by happenstance. 
oh, I just happened to read the Bible today. I just happened to read. If so, that means they're retired and have nothing to do, okay? <laughs> Sometimes that's the case, but that's not typical. Uh, listen, to have time with God, you need to schedule it. What do you do first thing in the morning? Maybe you say, oh, I know what I do. I, I get up and I hurry to get myself a little bit of breakfast, get dressed, and go to work. Have you ever heard of an alarm clock? Listen, we got to start using the tools that we have. We have these smartphones that do everything for us, and they start sucking away our time as opposed to just like waking us up on time. And if you want to, I'm, I'm trying to give you some permission here and some, uh, some freedom. You have complete free will to wake up a little bit earlier and read your Bible. You must have time with God. Put it on your calendar. Put it on there first. In the same way that you'll highlight a little block of time, if you use a digital calendar and you'll say doctor's appointment or work schedule, highlight that block of time every single day on a daily basis and put in the time you're going to spend with God. Maybe it's just 15 minutes. Start with 15. Maybe it's 10 minutes. But put that time on there. And as you uh, grow in that consistency, uh, that time can grow as well. So time with God. Secondly, time for prayer. Time for prayer. Uh, those, you could say those are the same thing. Uh, listen, uh, I think it's a good habit to get in and, and not only just spend time with God in the morning, spend time with God at night. Uh, find a time to pray. You say, oh, man, I want this abundant life with God. Well, you got to talk to him, okay? you got to talk with him. Spend time for prayer. we got time with God, time with prayer. Put it on your schedule. Third must-have calendar item, time for worship. You say, I can't make it to church because my kids have sports. I can't make it to church because this family function is going on. Well, how did that family function or that sport or that uh, get-together or that trip to the zoo or whatever, how did that get put on your schedule? You put it there. Listen, I'm, I'm trying to encourage you. You have time right now. You have time in, in this, this period of a year before the new year starts, even before this next week starts to say, you know what? On my calendar, I've got a non-negotiable scheduled item, and it's called coming to church on Sunday. That is something that we can determine. You have total freedom to decide if you want to be a consistent church member or not. You get to decide that. Time with God, time for prayer, time for worship. The fourth uh, priority must have calendar item is time for community. Listen, uh, when I say community, on Sundays we come here and we sing together and we, we worship together and we hear preaching, right? It's, it's great. We serve on Sunday and we come here and we, we all come together on that Sunday. But there are so many one another's in the Bible. And if you're going to follow Jesus, you're going to follow him in those one another's. Pray for one another. Bear one another's burdens. Confess your faults one to another. There's all of these one another's in the Bible. Love one another. All of these things, and you do those uh, in some sort of community, time with friends. We call them here life groups. We have some groups that are Bible teaching classes, some that are more discussion groups. I'm telling you that it is a value of every follower of Christ to find a community of believers that they spend time with on a regular basis. You say, how often should this hit my schedule? I think it should hit your schedule every single week. Every single week you should spend time with other believers. We need that encouragement. We need that time. Time for community. Here's another uh, must-have calendar item. Time. Listen, this one, it's, it goes against our flesh. Time for exercise and personal health. Listen, God gave us one body. He, he has us here for a purpose. We've got to schedule time to take care of it. You say, I just don't know how these people are so consistent in the gym. Because they want to be, and they chose to be. I just don't know how these people can uh, spend time exercising. Now, I'm not going to tell you how to exercise, what to do, all that sort of thing. That's not, that's not for this lesson. Uh, but spend time, uh, what do they say, like 30 minutes a day, three times a week, you know. Look it up. Google it. When was the last time you Googled how to be healthy, right? All I'm saying is you have complete free will given by God to say, these are the priorities of my life. And God has given you a schedule to plan these things intentionally. Exercise, personal health. Maybe that means uh, you exercise in the morning for 30 minutes or you find a, a workout video to follow or you go for a walk with your spouse in the evening. I don't know what it looks like, but find that time. Here's another must-have, must-have calendar item. If you are married, time 
with your spouse. Say, I just see them every day. What do you mean have time with my spouse? I'm talking about focused, intentional time of communication. That may mean that you go out on a date and, you, and then we start, we say, oh, date, how am I going to find money for a date? We're going to get to budgeting here in a moment, okay? <laughs> Listen, make time with your spouse because um, you, 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 you could end up divorced one day if you don't uh, spend the time necessary to foster that relationship, you know? Uh, it, it's not by accident that people have great marriages either. Noth- nothing great comes just by accident. You spend that quality time on purpose. If, if there was somebody, that a friend that needed your advice and they said, I just need to meet with you this week, you'd probably make time for them. If there was uh, your mom or your dad or you've got a, uh, somebody that's sick in your family, say they, they asked me for time, you would make time for them. So many times we let our most important person in our life, our spouse, come last. I'm telling you, you prioritize them first. They make it to your schedule before your friends make it to your schedule. Time with God, time for prayer, time for worship, time for community, time for exercise, time with your spouse. Sabbath day. Sabbath day for rest and for worship. What day is it that you set aside as a Sabbath day? Uh, I've heard it said that if you don't come apart, you will come apart. Okay, if you don't take a time to rest, uh, you will be forced to later by going to the hospital. Uh, Listen, we've got to take that time, and it's something that God tells us to take. So figure out what day you're scheduling as time off. Uh, There there are some great books out there about scheduling Sabbath and what that means. It simply means stopping. A day to stop working, to stop pressing toward all the goals, to stop running errands. A day just to stop. You say, I just don't have time. Well, maybe we're not choosing to have time. I'm telling you, this is all about intentionality. After you have all of these things on your schedule, time with God, time for prayer, time for worship, time for community, time for exercise, personal health, time for your spouse, Sabbath day, then, and you may disagree with me on this, then work schedule. You say, wait a second, wait a second. Work schedule comes first. I have watched, I'm only 34, but I've seen many people ruined because they prioritize a job over their walk with God. I'm telling you, if you prioritize your work schedule over your Bible reading, your prayer time, your work schedule over your wife, or your work schedule over your commitments, uh, that you want to be an active member of your local church, you will have problems down the road. There are other jobs that you can get. There are not other, you, you can't just, uh, you could, but it's a bad plan. Go get another spouse, okay? You're going to mess yourself up there. Uh, listen, I'm telling you, there, there, and it's something that I think as parents, those of you that have kids that are growing up, I think it's something we need to teach our teenage kids as they start getting jobs. Uh, I've watched it happen with many of my friends uh, when, in youth group growing up, that they would get a job, a job that pays minimum wage, and they would miss church for a job that pays minimum wage. They're learning early how to make bad decisions. We have got, if, if Jesus is our number one priority and we believe he died for the church and he's called us to serve here, listen, we've got to make it a priority. So your work schedule definitely is a priority. It's a must-have calendar item. We should work. We should work. If you're able to work and you need to work to provide for your home, you should work. And then after that becomes time for your passions. Time for your purpose. Uh, when I say time for your passions, I, I do believe if God has called you to do something, if there's something that matters to you, some, uh, whether that's a place to serve in church or outside in your community or something that you love to do, we ought to schedule time to do that. God's put you here for a reason, for a set amount of time. You ought to do what he's called you to do. All right. So this is our schedule. It's a tool of time organization. Uh, our, our schedule. Listen, you can find a schedule on your cell phone. If you have a smartphone, you can get a paper calendar. You can take a sheet of paper and you can mark out the hours of the day and have seven sheets of paper, one for each day, whatever you need to do. But you should intentionally place your priorities on a schedule. If you say, I want to follow Jesus, where does Jesus make it on your schedule? Where do his priorities that you read about, that you learn about, that you say you believe in, where do they show up? Because they need to show up. And I'm talking to all that probably most of you get this. 
But we gotta, we got to understand this. We've got to practice this. Sometimes we just let other things get in the way, right? We, life happens, and I'm, I'm saying now's the time to move from happenstance and reaction and accidental to intentional, okay? All right, so uh, tool number one is our schedule. Tool number one is our schedule. Here's the second tool we're talking about tonight that God has given us, and that is our budget. That is our budget. Uh, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Uh, I've heard it said that if you want to see what's important to a person, take a look at their bank statement. Where do you spend your money? See, God has called you to follow him. We want to follow him. I'm assuming that in this lesson. But one of the tools that we have to use is called a budget. Now, uh, I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands. But I'm just going to explain a little bit about budgeting. Budgeting is a tool for managing your money. If you're married, the number one cause for divorce is money fights and money problems. One of the best ways to fix that is to do a budget and to do it together. Okay? Uh, a budget is simply saying, I'm not just going to spend money as bills come in. I'm not just going to spend money on what I feel like I should spend money on. I'm going to, before I spend the money, understand how much I have, what are the priorities that God has for the money that he allows me to manage, and then I decide ahead of time where that money's going to go. So, you follow me? That is what a budget is. A budget is not tracking expenses after they're made. You may have a, there's a free software out there uh, on mint.com and what it does, it, and maybe your bank does this, is they tell you where your money went. I'm not asking you, that's not intentional at all to figure out where your money went. Anybody can do that. What's intentional is saying, where is my money going to go? What am I going to do with the money that God has for me? So here, think about it this way. Tonight, you have a new job. You are now the financial manager for you incorporated okay you have a new job uh sometimes we we think oh my money it's not a big deal i can fudge it up listen imagine that you're responsible for the money of a company you're you're responsible to make sure this company is a success you're responsible to make sure it manages its funds in a way that is in the best interest of the corporation no cutting corners the first thing you need is a plan you need to know what do the owners of this corporation want me to do with this money? What are the values? What are we trying to accomplish uh, for this corporation? What are the goals? What do we make? What do we do? These are all things we should consider for our own finances. Here are some scripture verses uh, to consider before budgeting. Psalm 24, verse 1. Before you budget, consider this. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. Everything belongs to God. Everything belongs to God. We have to renew our minds according to the truth. And the truth is, our stuff is not our stuff. It is God's stuff. This world is God's and all the things that are therein. The, the, the money that you have that comes into your bank account, God gave you the skill, the brain, the energy, and the ability to go and get that job and make that money. And that money is money that's given to you to manage for His glory. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Proverbs 3 verse 9 tells us, Honor the Lord with thy substance, and with the first fruits of all thine increase. Everything that comes in as increase, that would be money deposited into your bank account, is to be used to honor the Lord. There's a first fruit concept in the Bible. Uh, often we refer to this as offering or a tithe. When you hear the word tithe, the word tithe simply means 10%, a tenth. Uh, it is an Old Testament principle. In the New Testament, the tithe was never told to be stopped. It was actually gone a little bit further, that we don't just give a tithe, we give generously. 
because we have been given to generously. So tithe these days is more or less a beginning point. It's more or less a start. The tithe, the first fruits of all thine increase, the idea, if, if you're not familiar with tithing, is that you give first before you pay any bills, before you save any money. When the money comes in, before you do anything else with that money, you give a first fruits offering back to God. I'm trying to explain this clearly. Money comes in, you give back to God. Let's just run with this tithe, 10%, back to God. And the, the, the scriptural way to do that is through your local church. Uh, this could be uh, compared to when you read in Micah, uh, I'm sorry, Malachi, the storehouse. This would be the New Testament storehouse. We, we give through our church for the purpose of God's ministry. We support missionaries. We uh, go out in and we preach the gospel. We come together and educate. We do the commission that God has given us to do. But when it comes to this offering, it is a first fruit. That's what I, that's what I, I want you to see. It, and the Bible says, Honor the Lord with thy substance, with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. The idea is God says, You honor me first, and I will bless you. Give to me first, and I will bless you. And the thing you got to think is that we're not giving God our money, we're giving him back only 10% of his money, okay? He's, he's just allowed us to manage all of it. He says, hey, for, for my purposes, 10%. And that's just a starting point. That's just a, uh, and, and we can talk more about that if you have questions. But Proverbs 3, 9, and 10, you've got to remember that before your budget. Honor the Lord with thy substance. Is God considered in the spending of your money? Luke 6, verse 38, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet, with all it shall be measured to you again. Uh, God in his word teaches that basically it's more blessed to give than to receive. And when you give, those gifts uh, are returned back to you. Maybe not financially, many times financially, but God blesses you when you give. God honors and blesses generous people. All right. So I want to give you um, some priorities, some things uh, that you just need to think about before you budget, okay? So we've got some scriptural verses here. Priorities of your budget. Number one, a priority of your budget is the offering or the tithe. I'm not going to belabor the point, but if you say, I am following Jesus with my life, you cannot, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You cannot separate the fact that your finances also need to go toward the things God cares about. That's a basic Christian living principle. And it's okay to be at the basics. Maybe you say, I just don't know how we're going to do it. I just don't know how that is going to happen. Um, that is a number one Priority. I'm going to talk more about that in a moment. Another priority in your budget is this area of savings. Savings. Paying yourself, okay? Uh, it is uh, unwise. I, I, I can't teach a whole financial lesson. I would love to. Scripture teaches that it is good to save, to set aside money for your children and your children's children. It is not God's plan for you to go into any year to live paycheck to paycheck to paycheck. To just spend without a plan and never have a little bit of margin. Listen, I believe God wants you to get to the point where you have margin to save. Maybe you can't right now, but this is a priority in Scripture. Uh, another thing in your budget ought to be your bills and your necessities. Christians pay their bills. Okay? Owe no man anything but to love one another. Our bills and our necessities. Here, here are some things that I have learned. This is just total practical advice uh, when it comes to budgeting. When it comes to budgeting, you need to know the difference between a need and a luxury item. Needs and wants. Listen, 
in every relationship, there's like a spender and a saver usually, okay? Uh, is anybody in here with me and you're a spender? Any spenders? I love to spend money. It is fun to spend money. Listen, uh, if, if you say, what's one of your favorite things to do? Honestly, um, sometimes, and we're going to get to habit, sometimes we handle our problems poorly. One of the ways I handle my problems poorly is I will take a trip to Walmart or Home Depot. I just want to look around for something cool that I want to buy, okay? This is not wise, and you shouldn't do that. But you need to know the difference between a need and a luxury item. Netflix is not a need. It's a luxury item. Is this an expense you have to have? Or is this an expense that you can sacrifice because you have greater priorities you need to do in order to honor the Lord with your finances? Uh, Here's something about budgets. Is that budgets give you freedom to spend and peace of mind. Uh, it's, a lot of times we think of a budget as a limiting factor. It's not true. A budget, once you know how much money you have coming in and where that money is going, it gives you freedom. You know uh, when, when you've hit your limit and that you have everything paid for. It's nice to know all the bills are paid. All right? If this is a stress for you, finances and money and money's tight, a budget will be freeing for you. And when you give back to God first... It is honoring the Lord. It is showing that you have faith that he will provide. Say, why shouldn't I give to God with what's left over? Sounds weird when you say it out loud. We don't give God leftovers. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. He's first, top priority. When you have income, you honor the Lord with your first fruits. That's off the top. Before you ever pay anything, you pay the Lord first. Another thing just to note is that the borrower is slave to the lender. Debt is something that we should try to avoid as Christians. There's this principle that you are indentured. You are, you are owned. You have someone that is your master that is not the Lord, and it is your lender, and you've got to work and work to pay them back, okay? Um, the, the Bible talks about uh, freeing yourself as you're freeing the bird from the hand of the fowler. You know, somebody's trying to trap you, and that is the debt, okay? We avoid debt. All right, here are must-have budget items in this order. You ready for this? Take it or leave it, Okay? Y'all are listening so conscientiously. All right, here we go. Number one, first thing on your budget is your first fruits offerings or tithes to the Lord. First thing. Listen, this is the bedrock of your finances if you're a believer. When you get money in, you teach your kids this too. When you get money in off the top before you pay anybody, before you pay money you owe back to somebody, before you pay a medical bill, before you pay anything, you say, God, I believe you. God, I trust you. God, I'm following you. So I'm going to take care of you first. I'm going to give you back what you're asking me first. Your priorities are my priorities. First. First place. Am I clear on that? First. Listen, because here's what's going to happen. If you say, I'm gonna, I want to tithe, I really want to, but I got to pay these bills first. What you're going to do is you're going to pay bills and then spend some unnecessary money. And by the time you get to the end, you're going to say, oh, I feel so bad. I wish I could give. And you're going to be back to where we're talking about. You're going to think, I, you think you are uh, become a, a generous person on accident. No, it's intentional. People that give and that have their finances in order do so on purpose. Give your offering. Number one, first fruit offering to God. That's your first priority. Second priority in your budget is this idea of saving slash investing, paying yourself. Now, not everybody is going to be able to do that right now. You may not be in a position to pay yourself because you have to pay someone else back, okay? Uh, you, you, you might be in a position where you've already spent the money and now it is owed somewhere else. But when it comes, when you're in a point when you're out of debt, 
these, are, these things should be automatics, okay? Uh, tithing to the Lord and savings. Uh, these are things that you automate, that you don't think about. You set them up on recurring, okay? Those are things that you just do before the money goes anywhere else. But let's say you can't do that, so you got your offerings to God. And then, before you pay any debts back, you need to take care of your housing, your water, your electric, any other utilities, and your transportation. This is something that I see, practically speaking, that people get out, out of place. And the, the Bible principle is that we care for our home, right? We provide for our needs. We, we're not lazy. We work, and we work, and we take care of the things that need to be taken care of. And before you go paying back some medical debt, yes, you should pay it back. You should pay your, your debtors. Before you start paying back your friend that you owe, you have got to take care of the necessities, do not pay back some goofy Macy's credit card before you pay your rent. I'm telling you, we have had people come here that need help, and God bless people that need help, and we love to help people that need help. But one of the things I've learned is that for some reason, because something is urgent, we think it's a priority. Just because somebody's screaming in your face and calling your phone and sending you notices in the mail does not mean it's top priority and you pay that first. You've got to take care of your house, your water, your electric. You've got to keep the lights on. You've got to pay for the water. You've got to get to work. And you take care of those priorities before you pay back debt. You say, well, what if I can't pay back the debt this month? You better keep yourself in a house first, okay? You will not be able to pay back debt if you don't have a place to live and a car to get there and all, all those utilities that you need to keep the lights on and feed your family. So when it comes to a godly budget, when it comes to this budgeting intentionally, offerings to God first, savings pay yourself second. Before you pay off debt, you pay your utilities, your house, your water, your electric, your transportation, all your necessities. And then next in order, you pay your debts, okay? Listen, we've already taken care of the needs. All of our bills are paid, but we don't have any extra bills in our budget up to this point, okay? Um... Cable, want or need? Shout it out. Want. Want. You say, wait a second, it's part of my utilities. It's, it's a want, okay? Uh, you take, but you got your house, your water, your electric, your uh, gas, your transportation, you know, uh, you got your groceries in there. But then you pay your debts back next. Before you start eating out at restaurants, before you start buying fun stuff, you start going to Kosai and going to the zoo and going to all the places you want to go to, you pay back your debts next. Does that make sense? That's, that's priorities. These are intentional decisions. After you pay back your debts, then you have intentional spending. Uh, a, a budget is where you pre-plan the spending. There, there shouldn't be spending happening that's like, oh, we just, it just came up. Uh, that is accidental. That is unintentional. So we have intentional spending. And then the last priority, the last must-have budget item is this intentional giving. So you plan what you want to spend money on, but then you plan what you want to give as well. You can give uh, above and beyond your tithes and offerings. You can do that in church. You can give to others. You can bless people. You can pay for people's meals. You can buy stuff for your family. Um, but you've got to take care of your family first. There's a lot in that, isn't there? I just, the, the purpose of this is to say this. I, I just want to remind you. We say, God, I want your best for me. I want to follow you. Well, he has a lot to say about our finances. A lot to say. If you say, God, I, I love your word and I, I want to follow what it says. I want to be a biblical uh, Christian. I want to follow God's word. You got to get out of debt. It's got to be a priority you got to pay your bills. You have to intentionally plan your spending or it's going to drown you. It's, gonna, it's going to take all of your energy away. You're going to say, I'm working so much, but I'm not going anywhere. When it comes to a budget, um, uh, here, here are some tools that I've found to be helpful. I just want to point you in uh, a, a direction. I, uh, in our church, we, we support... Um, uh, basically everything Dave Ramsey has to say. And many of you have heard of this guy, Dave Ramsey. We like him. 
Uh, we, we, you may not agree on the little finer points of things he does, but Dave Ramsey has a plan to help you if you're in debt to get out of debt. If you need money, wisdom, and some advice, DaveRamsey.com can help you find it. If you go to the Church Center app and scroll down, there's a button at the bottom that says Ramsey Plus. We have an entire suite of tools that we've already paid for that will teach you how to make a budget, how to get out of debt. There's all kinds of training videos about money and everything you need to know about God's priorities for money. Once you're out of debt, there's even videos on there about leaving a legacy. How do you uh, save for kids' college? How do you save for retirement? Um, Christians that follow Jesus have some wisdom about finances. This is, this is a, a really big financial book, and so we've got to pay attention to that. And if you go into this next year, and you're intentionally planning your time, and you're intentionally planning how you spend your money, it's going to be a whole different year for you if you've not done that before. Everything's going to change. Everything is going to change. A couple, a couple uh, additional tools, things to take advantage of. One is recurring donations. I'm putting in a plug right now. If you are watching this video at home, or if you're in this room and you say, I just keep forgetting to give, or I want to be more consistent in giving. Listen, put aside your fears of the government and all, everybody trying to hack your information. Set up recurring donations. There are, there's all this encryption stuff. I don't even know what it is, but it's so complex They're not going to get your information. Nobody's going to steal it. And if so, your bank probably covers that. Quit worrying. Set up automatic donations, okay? Automatic. When it comes to saving, you say, I just can't remember to save. Savings and investing is also one of those things you set up automatically. Don't think about it. The things we have to think about require willpower. Then why not decide now so you don't have to forget later, right? Let's, uh, let's decide those things now. Recurring donations, automatic payments, those things will help you. And also when it comes to budgeting within this Dave Ramsey suite of tools called Ramsey Plus, uh, you have access to a budgeting app for free. It's, it's built into there and you can use that. All right, tool number one is your schedule. Plan out your time intentionally. Uh, life is time. Have a plan. Uh, secondly is your budget. It's a tool God gives you to manage your money. It's something that you can do to follow him financially. Um, and then the third thing I want to talk about tonight is this tool of habits. Now, some of us, when we think of habits, we think bad because we think about bad habits, bad e- eating habits, uh, bad substance habits, bad whatever, exercise habits. Habits, this is a tool that God has given us. It's kind of built into the nature of how we're designed to lead our behavior. There is a lot in Scripture about our behavior, isn't there? Uh, Most of the Bible, don't do this, do this. (laughs) You know, feel this way, have this motive, think this way. There's so much in here about our behavior. Do's and don'ts sometimes. That's Scripture, right? Uh, that's, That's following the Lord. Habits are natural rhythms of life that will help you succeed. Some of us, our habits are working against us. They are setting us up for failure and disappointment. But if you learn how to use your habits, they can work for you and help you in your Christian life, in your life as a whole. Uh, And when it comes to habits, here's what I want to teach you tonight, ultra practical. There's this thing called a habit loop. How many of you ever heard of a habit loop? Yes, nobody. Anybody? Good. I'm going to teach you about it. I'm excited. Habit loop. You have them. Let me, let me describe it and you'll know it's uh, something familiar to you. A habit loop has three parts. The first is a cue. Can you say cue? Cue. Second is a routine. Can you say routine? And third as a reward. Can you say reward? reward? You've got a cue, you have a routine, and you have a reward. Let me give you an example of a habit loop. The cue, also known as a trigger. The idea is, a trigger could be stress. I'm going to use this one. You'll identify with this one. It'll make sense. If you feel stressed, cue, you have a habit, a routine that you naturally fall back to, Right? The routine would be eating 
For some, it's smoking. For some, it's spending. I'm stressed, so I. What is your natural inclination? What do you do when you feel stressed? For some, it's react in anger, right? It's a habit. I'm stressed, I start, you know, whatever you do. I don't know what you do. But we have this cue of stress, a routine, let's say eating, smoking, spending, the reward. What is the reward of these things? Well, you feel relief. You feel reduction of stress. There's always a, a cue, a routine, and a reward. Habits are mentioned in Scripture. I'm going to tell you where you can find them. But habits are created pathways in our brain. Uh, scientists have understood in what the Bible talks about as strongholds, uh, as the idea that our thoughts affect our actions. And they've realized that there are shortcuts or highways, uh, quick paths in our brains that when we have a trigger or a cue, it, it just automatically, our brain goes right to this certain routine and that routine leads to a reward. And sometimes that reward is a short-term reward, like if you, um, you eat or you smoke, you feel relief. But then those negative habits, as we often are familiar with, they have consequences as well. You understand? Habits can be good. Habits can be bad. So the goal is, how can we use our habits, this tool in life, to work for us? Let me explain. Maybe this will help you. Maybe you're going to walk away from this and say, Pastor Chris is straight crazy. But it's okay, because I have some Bible verses for this. All right. Um, here's a personal example that I'm going to use. Um, when I am hungry, <laughs> I'm hungry all the time, okay? Uh, when I'm hungry, and let's say you're hungry, and you get home, and there's nothing ready for dinner. Trigger. Cue. Hungry nothing for dinner. In my personal life, I have a bad habit. I have a routine that I run to. Pull out my phone. There's an app now called DoorDash. Are you relating to this? Does anybody relate to this? Nothing for dinner. I'm hungry. You know, sometimes there's added triggers. Kids are, you know, a little tired, frustrated. Nothing, you know, what do I do? The routine is I order DoorDash. The reward, no longer hungry. Food arrives, right? Listen, you have the ability through repetition and discipline, which is a fruit of the Spirit, I believe so, self-control, temperance is a fruit of the Spirit. You submit yourself to the Lord. He allows you to exercise discipline over those fleshly desires of your body. What you want to do, He lets you change that, okay? Um, but you have a cue that, you, uh, that has a certain routine. You can change that routine and develop another habit, another pathway that has another reward that works out for your benefit. For example, it's a good example for myself, okay? This is good. We're hungry. There's nothing for dinner. We could order DoorDash. Or what if you were intentional and pre-planned your meals? Before you got to the point where you're, you were hungry and there was nothing planned for dinner. What, what if you pre-planned your meals? Or what if you, I mean, there's uh, subscription services out there where they actually deliver your meals. There's really no excuses for uh, a lot of the bad habits we have. But let's say the, the new routine is we, we pre-plan our meals. We get the same reward. We're no longer hungry, but we have the benefit of healthier meals and money saved. Um, the way I'm going to describe this as far as the scripture is concerned, God doesn't want us to simply follow the desires of our flesh and do what's easy and natural. The Bible teaches us that we can walk in the Spirit and not fulfill the lust of our flesh. So when it comes to our habits, God has this way for us to renew our minds, create those new pathways, and have different behaviors, habits that form, uh, that naturally help us do what's right over time. Proverbs 23.7, here's a principle about leading your behavior, about habits. Proverbs 23.7 says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. The Bible teaches, and now science is confirming, that what goes on in your thoughts affects the things that you do. So if you want to be intentional about the things that you do, you need to affect the things that you think. 
You, you follow me? If you want to change your behavior in a way that honors God and follows Jesus, you have to change your thoughts in a way that honors God and follows Jesus. Hear me? Let me explain. In Romans chapter 12, we get some more insight into this. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. The Apostle Paul talks to this church. He says, listen, I'm going to ask you, church, take, take your body, present it to the Lord. Because of his mercies, because of everything he's done for you, serve him. Serve the Lord. I, I beg you to do that. Serve the Lord. It's, it's, it's not only good, uh, it's, it's acceptable unto God, but it's reasonable service. It just makes sense that you would give God back your life. So he starts off like this. And then he answers, how do you do it? It's what we're talking about. Verse 2 says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now this renewing of your mind, this will, is going to go back and affect your schedule. Because you, when it comes to this tool of a schedule, you've got to rethink how you think about time. You say, because we're used to thinking about time. It's my time. I do what I want. I'm put on this earth to, to dream big and do exactly what I, I want to do in this life. Well, God says we're supposed to think about what he wants us to do and, and, and ask those questions. And what are, what are God's priorities in this world? Are they our priorities? And so when it comes to your habits, if what you do affects, or I'm sorry, if what you think affects what you do, you've got to renew what you think. Does that make sense? You've got to change your thought process. You've got to change the routine. You've got to change what you're doing. Be not conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God changes you into a committed, dedicated, thriving follower of God by changing what you think. Okay? He's going to change what you think about your schedule. He's going to change what you think about your money. He's going to change what you think about your motives. And he's going to change what you think in this area of habits. You can change these this habit is, if you get them working in your favor, it can be easier for you to exercise faith in God than it is to uh, complain to a friend. Let, let me explain how a habit can change for you. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 says this, verse number 3, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strong holds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Oftentimes, when we think about a cue or a trigger and it causes us to go to a routine, what we need to do is we need to evaluate those routines and say, are they sinful? Are they selfish? Or are they biblical and godly and spirit-led? See, we're going to evaluate our behavior. And the Bible says here that it's not about this war of the flesh. It is a mind battle. It is controlling the thoughts. Let me give you some examples of habits that you can build going into this new year or in this time of evaluation, you can build what I will call tonight a prayer habit. A prayer habit. You say, man, I just look up to so many people of faith, and they just, they just pray. They, they just have this faith in God. Well, here's a cue. The cue is stress, problems, circumstances. But oftentimes we have a routine that is not a spiritual response to that cue. You understand? So you, you follow me? What we'll do sometimes when circumstances come on, instead of praying, we'll run to a friend and complain. Or we'll um, go and run to a substance that will relieve us. We, what is your natural reaction to stress and difficulty? It, 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 see, that, that's your habit. You're in a habit 
of complaining or you're in a habit of eating or you're in a habit of binge watching Netflix when you feel bad just to drown out all the problems. But our habits could lead us to further faith because if we renew our minds, according to Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, where the Bible says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. See, we sometimes have these bad habits uh, that, that where we feel stressed, we have a cue. Our routine is to overeat, to purchase things, to run to a substance, to complain to a friend. But we need to renew our mind and say, I'm not going to do those things. That's not a spiritual response. It's not what Jesus wants me to do. He wants me to pray. Let my request be made known unto God. And then the Bible says God's peace will keep our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. If you develop it, if you intentionally decide that when you feel stressed, you don't do certain things, but by God's spiritual power, you you have some temperance and you say, now I'm going to pray instead, you will develop a prayer habit to where your natural response to difficulty is not to cry, stress, go complain to friends, and do all kinds of bad things that will mess your life up. You will have a prayer habit now. You will have a a habit of faith. You understand how habits can work for you? Does that make sense? You can have a natural response. You say, that's not not possible. No, you can have a natural response. Uh, Another example of a prayer habit. This is really practical. Uh, A lot of times somebody tells you something that's going on in their life. Cue, right? There's your cue. There's your trigger. Somebody tells you a problem. A lot of times our habit is we say, I'm praying for you. Or we comment on Facebook, praying for you, thoughts and prayers, you know, whatever. One of the things that I have learned that has really helped me, that is really helpful for others, is to develop a prayer habit to where when somebody tells you a problem, you pray right then. And what happens is it's really hard the first time. But if somebody tells you a problem and you, you, you practice praying for them right then and there, whether you read about it or you're with them and you say, hey, let me pray for you, you develop a prayer habit that, hey, when somebody tells you something wrong, you know what your go-to is? You just pray. Because it's, and what we find is that's a spiritual response that God can ingrain in your, in your thought process as a habit. And uh, you have this reward of peace of mind. So you have a prayer habit. Let me, let me work through these. We're almost done. Uh, how about another habit to build? This is uh, so key. Your wake-up habit. What's a wake-up habit? What do you do when you first wake up? I mean, the first thing, what do you do? Some of you are thinking, like, uh, I go to the bathroom. And I'm not talking about that. What's, like, the first thing you do in the morning? What do you spend your morning time doing? Many of us have developed this habit of wake up. And whether we wake up and immediately do it or we wake up and we make some coffee uh, you know, and we just, what do you do when you're drinking your coffee? A lot of it's scrolling, right? What's going on today on the news? What's going on on Facebook? And we got these phones and we scroll. Well, you can renew your mind with a new habit. Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Listen, we, we want to follow Jesus intentionally. Take that habit of flipping on your phone and build a new routine of opening your Bible. So I, I, you know, it's, that's part of your schedule now. You know, you can do anything, but you can't do everything. If you choose to be on your phone, you can, but you, you're not going to be on your phone and, and be in the Bible at the same time. You have to prioritize, right? Your wake-up habit. Uh, the cue could be waking up, or the cue could be, I make my coffee, well, what do I do? I either look at my phone, or I'll choose to instead read my Bible. The reward would be an engaged mind and a positive start to our day. 
uh, there's this habit that is really important to break. It's called the boredom habit. Where do you turn when you're bored? That whatever you do, that is a habit that's formed in you that you can renew your mind on to change to help you follow Christ. A lot of us, the cue would be there's nothing to do. I'm, I'm sitting at home, I'm bored. Well, what do you do? Turn on the TV, watch a, watch a Netflix show. Maybe you're at nighttime and the kids are in bed and there's, what do you do? What's your, what's your boredom habit? What do you turn to first? We can renew our mind. God said we should redeem the time for the days are evil. Um, is there something that's left undone? God has given you all the time you need to do the things that are most important. Uh, so we could, instead of maybe turning to our phone or turning to a movie, maybe God would have you read a book, uh, do something productive that's along the lines of what he's called you to do. Maybe he would have you to care for some of your friends that are going through difficulties, to write letters, uh, uh, write a thank you letter. I don't know what, he's, what he would have you to do, but I would encourage you to change your boredom habit, right? What do you do when there's nothing to do? Find something new to replace it with. Uh, here are a few tools I want to point out. And these are all three books. If you, um, there's a new habit, read a book, <laughs> right? Form that habit. There's three, bo- uh, three books. If you say, I want to learn more about habits, there are three books that are really helpful. One is called The Power of Habit. Uh, the Power of Habit by a guy named Charles Duhigg. It's a fun name. Uh, the other one is called Atomic Habits. Atomic Habits by a guy named James Clear. And one of the best books that I have ever read on this idea of renewing your mind uh, to do new things, how God transforms you, there's a book called Winning the War in Your Mind. And it's by Pastor Craig Groeschel. Winning the War in Your Mind. Uh, I have read this book entirely. Many of our staff has read this book. All of the spiritual strongholds, all of these things with your budget and your money and your schedule and your marriage, all of the trouble you face is all an issue with what you're thinking. It all starts in your mind. And if you can win the war in your mind, you can win that battle. And he talks about habits. He talks about your schedule. This is a great book, Winning the War in Your Mind. Um, All right, let's wrap this up. It's 8.15 here. The thing is, all of us want to follow Jesus in here. I hope, I, hope you just, I hope that's already the truth. But we have to remind ourselves that following Jesus is an act of surrender. Following Jesus doesn't mean showing up for an event at church. Following Jesus doesn't mean just by happenstance, just accidentally I, I follow him. Following Jesus is intentionally taking steps of obedience, of our life submitted to him and his word. And he's given us three tools. And if you, if you study these tools, if you maximize these tools, your schedule, your budgets, the power of habits in your life, I'm telling you, it'll change your life. And you'll be able to experience that abundant life that he would have for you.